crocodile man, a witch woman, a guy yeah. that can set himself on fire? Right. Are you blind? <laughs> and she's like, I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people are in line for a popcorn. Hey, third person in line. What kind of popcorn do you want? Yeah. I'm okay. gonna quit! I'm All right, put it. down my resignation! Bro, and you're a better toilet <laughs> fixer than we've ever known. Welcome to the JRR Talk Show. I am one of your hosts, Robert Burry, joined as always by John Lee. Hey, man. And Rowan Spears Floyd. Ahoy! Uh, each week we get together, we talk about movies, we you know talk about topics. Uh, sometimes we talk about musicals, sometimes we talk about our own projects, sometimes we talk about just movies as a whole. Uh, this week we are going to be talking about our senior films. Man, this is a throwback. Right? <laughs> uh, so John, Rowan, and I all went to the Art Institute of Portland and all graduated at the same time. So we actually got to write... Um, shoot and edit our movies all kind of within the same timeline and trajectory. Um, my movie was called Turn the Page. John's was Guncat. And Rowan's was Pelt. Um, three very different movies. Mine was kind of like a romantic comedy, kind of. Uh, John's was a <laughs> just kind of straight up comedy with puppets. It was, pretty dark. It was kind of a dark comedy. <laughs> and then Rowan had a period horror film. Yeah, period horror film. So, you know. Yeah. A really good uh, kind of uh, <laughs> we got a spread here, good spectrum here going on. <laughs> um, so this week we kind of wanted to talk about just our processes when we were developing our movies, from script writing to shooting to post production. Um, before we start with that, I want to remind everyone that we are always on SoundCloud and iTunes. If you look up JRR Talk Show, you can find us. Um, and then we are also on Facebook at facebook.com/slash JRR Talk Show. If you could give us likes comments subscribes reviews helps us out um but let's get into it yeah um so we're going to start with kind of the writing process of all our movies where we came up with our ideas and how we kind of whittle it down to what it was so if you want to start rowan oh jesus <laughs> um okay so <clears throat> pet was hard to come up with um i remember that there was like i knew that i wanted to do probably a horror film but I was sort of over the like hack and slash monster in the house sort of deal that we had seen at the Art Institute. And, you know, there was there was quite a bit of that. Or there was the like creepy murderer f movies yeah. that we had. And I just wasn't feeling that. And my my sense of horror uh, as a filmmaker and as an appreciator of horrors, I really like atmospheric horror. I like my films to be kind of build a, a scene of dread and like let the environment of the film and the, the the atmosphere do a lot of the creepy spookiness of the movie and i'm a big fan of ghost tales and mythology and so uh, my film i i pulled out from a lot of things i there was uh I took a lot from like grim fairy tales. Um, I drew a lot from uh werewolf stories because i at first sort of started off as a sort of a werewolf narrative i was inspired by uh all sorts of different mediums um and it was it was really like trying to distill down to a basic essentially uh ghost story and it ended up being you know set in the pacific northwest and it went through a lot of drafts i remember i i had to go through a lot of changes in the drafts and well, it was originally really long it was long <laughs> it was like 25 pages yeah. long it was super long, um, and it ended up being like a twelve-page script, which is still I I still consider maybe too long. 
Um, especially for having no money yep. and turning it into a period film. Yeah. yeah period, <laughs> period, period, period was always the thing. Everyone was like, really? Do you want to do this? And you're like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I stuck to my guns on it and, uh, I'll talk about more about that in a little bit, how lucky I ended up being, but, uh, the writing process, one thing that really stood out to me about writing this film was how appreciative I was of having a consistent group of people to give me feedback. Mm. That was probably the one thing that I walk away from this most appreciative of was that every week that I showed that script, I always had feedback and people were able to understand what I was trying to tell, but also how I could tell it better and allowed me to get over a lot of my follies as a screenwriter and filmmaker and you know the the bumps that i encounter and just for reference for people listening who maybe don't know how our films are made the way the art institute um kind of spreads it out is you have your last three quarters of going to school you have uh the third to last is your writing and kind of story ideation phase you spend a whole quarter just working on your story um, which is what rowan was referencing uh the second uh, quarter was purely for production, so that's when a lot of people were shooting their films. And then the whole last uh, quarter before you graduate is editing and doing sound design and color for the films. Yeah. Um, so the writing process was really like helpful to me, having a full team there to help me uh, write it. And um, I don't know what else to say about the writing process, I think. Okay. Yeah. John. Uh, my film was Gun Cat, and... <laughs> It was a it was a dark comedy that involved a a cat that learns to use a gun. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's really hard to describe. I I remember I wrote it. Uh, I thought about it on the fly because during a story writing class or a script writing class, we all everyone like had to pitch like an idea or something like that. And I remember everyone in the circle just like telling really just kind of like generic indie film bummers ending stories mm-hmm. it's like oh then this happens and then the main character dies and this is like i was just like oh god how many more of these do we have to listen to and i, I made i made it up kind of on the spot <laughs> because i was like i don't know what to this is also like this all sounds so generic i just want to break it up a little bit and I, so i just said gun cat <laughs> like <laughs> it's about a guy a cat learns how to use a gun because he wants to murder an old man <laughs> and it just kind of bridged from there and, uh, I remember when we all had to pick our stories. It was down to that, or an actual, oh God. An actual reasonable like. What if vi- it was the guy shitting in the bathroom stall? Yeah, well, well, yeah, with the visual, with the storytelling from the oh bathroom graffiti. God. And like in hindsight, that probably would have been easier God, to do that, than uh, Gun Cat. So great though. Both of those were hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I, writing it was a breeze. <laughs> uh, to, to be fair, I, I imagine it more as a cartoon in my head, but uh, <laughs> ends up using puppets. Uh, I believe there's a foul mouth rat in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you believe? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was kind there. of a blur after a while. But uh, I don't know. I I, uh, I liked it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a it was a, it was a fun project to work on. Um, Definitely, definitely, in like hindsight, made me think. I don't really like to be a director of people. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like to do like yeah. my own little personal things. Totally. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. And like it was, it was also kind of hard because like I was like I transitioned from animation yeah. into film, and so I didn't really know you guys. And I didn't really know the teachers very well. Yeah. And so I felt like I was kind of on my own little. I was going rogue. 
Because yeah. the teacher's mm-hmm. like, who's that? John. It's John. Oh, uh, he seems like he's got good handle things. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> um, my film was, I had started out with a completely different idea. And I remember pitching it. And no one really liked it. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> and I remember sending this script I had started writing uh, to Kyle, who was our uh, script writing teacher at the time. And I don't it's not on there. It's on my YouTube. Um, him, sending that to him and him being like, yeah, do this. Let's work on this one. And it was basically what my story came out to be. And my, my whole like kind of background with it was like, I just like, you know, whenever you're like on a train or on the bus and you like have kind of like a weird, like just small interaction with someone and then you never see that person again. That was kind of what I like based this whole story on. Um, it's just about a guy and a girl who meet in what was originally a coffee shop, uh, turned out to be a library. We'll talk about that based on, you know, what happened with it, but it was kind of just, I wanted to write this kind of story that was about them meeting for the first time, but also kind of a, uh, tiny metaphor for like relationships as a whole. Um, whereas they start and all they can see about themselves are like physical things. Um, and then they start to learn about each other like learn what kind of authors they like, learn more kind of about themselves as people. Um, <laughs> so I spent a lot of time just like figuring out how much information you can draw from another person um, by um, like nonverbal communication, um, just purely through like hand signals and like, you know, they pass themselves like a paper at one point in the film. <laughs> um, but I had a lot of, I had a lot of fun writing it because it really like it really felt easy to me. It like felt like something that like I understood. Whereas the first one I was pitching was something that I just I wanted to do because I like that style, but I wasn't <laughs> definitely meant for that. <laughs> um, but I had a lot of fun. Uh, it was cool to kind of like break down the story on like a meta and micro level at like the same time. Oh, yeah. um, so I had a lot of fun with that, and just it came out the way I wanted it to. But. Um, Let's move on to production. Let's just go around the same order. Let's start with Rowan. So I guess one thing that I'll I'll, uh, I'll say is I'll, I'll give a brief synopsis of my short film. Yeah. Um, so Pelt is a like period horror film, and it's about this uh, fur trapper in the Pacific Northwest, sort of a fictional Pacific Northwest, um, named Rufus, who ends up murdering his one of his friends out of jealousy, and then he like basically is uses this as a way to try to like win the heart of his friend's fiance uh without her realizing that it was murder and his plan backfires when his friend comes back from the dead um strange and twisted and the story sort of falls around this like struggle of morality between this guy who does definitely doesn't have a strong moral compass and his now even worse moral compass undead friend um and so production for it was was going to be a challenge um yep. i you know set myself up to be a film set in a fort in the middle of the pacific northwest forest um, <laughs> and i was like great um or at first it was like a village and then we decided and then it was oh no we can't get a village, village. um and so i i spent several road trips going to Oregon looking at replica forts and I went to the Fort Clatsop um just outside of Astoria Oregon 
which is a replication of a Lewis and Clark fort. And it's a full museum, but it's also a fully built replica fort to scale of the period. And I went there and I met them and I told them the pitch for my movie and I drove home. And then I got an email the next week saying, yeah, you can have the fort for free. And I was like, what? Like I had, I had basically saved as much as I could from a very lukewarm Kickstarter to, um, and my own money. And I was like, I'm going to put it all into the location. And they gave it to me for free. It was pretty amazing. Um, and they just said they liked the idea. They said not a lot of people want to use it for that. And that it was a, because it was a student project, they wouldn't charge. And it was also during a time where no one would want to go to Fort Clatsop because, because it, was, it was raining all the time. It was in the middle of the winter. Um, <laughs> and so the next, you know, the one thing that I probably prized myself the most for this film is it had a very thorough pre-production. I built a really solid pre-production team. From uh, my costume designer, Kimberly uh, Smay, who just rocked. I had worked with her on stage shows, and I talked to her about the uh, you know, the, the movie. She said yes, she would do it, and I still owe her many favors for it. Um, she killed on the costume design, and then I just brought along a huge team to help with all the art production. And you know, a lot of man hours went into making it happen. And even with that said... We showed up to the location, and I still didn't have extras, and I still didn't have <laughs> costumes for extras, and there was extras in my script, and I had totally forgotten about this. And the the fort was like, well, lucky for you, we have reenactors and a bunch of period costumes. Guess who also got a me an extra? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so and my goofy beard. Yeah, man. even some of my crew members <laughs> ended up being extras. Um, I ended up... Uh, Housing my crew in a beach house in Astoria. It was a sweet beach house. It was a really sweet beach house. And that was actually a, kind of a fun element. Uh, it was sort of like camping almost. But we. <laughs> yeah, we went to the arcade after one of the nights that was in Seaside and yeah. just like hung out for a little while. And I remember that being like super fun. Yeah, it was. I, I was really appreciative of just like how great my crew was on that film, especially because it ended up being long hours yeah, in cold. the rain <laughs> on the cold Oregon coast. In like middle of the winter, yeah, like it was miserable, and I remember that you know the challenges of not only the weather but the time. Like it gets so dark so fast there. There, when we had so much day for night stuff that we had to do too. Yeah, and there <laughs> there was just a lot of like a lot of time and a lot of coverage that needed, and um, you know. My crew was miserable by the end of the day. Oh, Rob, to this day, still bitches about the weather. And I even had like a ton of like rain gear. And it was still terrible. I remember one, there was there's a, there's a moment in the the film where it's uh, at the funeral and it's sort of this wake for Frederick. And in my script, it was originally supposed to be in the courtyard of the of the of the. Yeah of the fort with a bunch of lanterns and it was, you know, it was going to be really visually awesome. And I was super stoked about it. It was one of my favorite visual moments in the film that I had planned. And then it just poured rain. It just poured yeah. rain. All these, the little lanterns that you had made were just like, they were like cardboard with like enamel sidings here and there. And they would not, they would not have survived. And it was, I remember like sitting down on a bench just like staring at the bench, trying to figure out how do I get past this? Like, how do I save this scene? Cause we can't come back here. 
And my assistant director was just like, you just have to make a choice. And God bless you, Kyle Glenn. That 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 moved me forward. And <laughs> we uh, we ended up shooting the scene in a room, um, which was a very small room. But yeah. we, you know. Yeah, those rooms were like, oh, this is sweet. Oh, no, now that we have stuff in here, it's terrible in here. <laughs> yeah. The, and, you know, uh, Paige Stevenson, the director of photography, and I were able to rethink our shot list and – we just came up with it and it worked out. We were able to cheat it to make the room feel bigger and use our extras a little bit better than we would expect. And um, to be short and frank, it was a production hell. Like it was a hard shoot. But uh, one thing I'm proud of is the footage definitely looks great oh, yeah. from it. Yeah. John. Uh, what's there to say uh, about Gun Cat? About Gun Cat. Uh, general through line is. Uh, neglected cat, super nice guy is stuck with his owner, who's just a big old dick, because the the mutual party, the wife, is dead now, and uh, they're both just trying to get along, and then the cat, uh, a gun gets involved, and he just wise cracking rat, <laughs> wise cracking rat. He just he just wants to use he wants to use the gun to man up and show the show the boss that you know he can uh, catch a rat. Things just don't go out that way, and gets kind of morbid <laughs> uh, this, this film is a good example of like i think me where i like things a little off hilter a, a little off? but it's also at <laughs> the same time very self-destructive like, <laughs> how a project works um so for the cat i didn't know it was going to be a puppet I was thinking, I don't know, I don't know how I want to do this cat. Ended up being a puppet. Uh, Katie Palmer, great uh, makeup artist and general prop maker. She's really great. Um, she helped me make the cat. Uh, turned out really well. I li- I like the way it looked. Uh, she helped me make a, a rat puppet. Um, casted Christopher Toyn as my only live action lead in the film. He was great. Really professional guy. And I, I gotta say, I love I love pre production more than I love production. <laughs> Yeah. Because uh, there was definitely some moments where I uh, I spaced out because time was just crunching, and I was definitely one of the last yeah. people in our group to film. Yeah, you were like under the wire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, me and Rowan, for reference, both shot pretty early in our terms. Uh, <laughs> so I, I didn't really have a lot of time to really think about it. Well, I did, but I just didn't use that time wisely. Um, God, I just I just don't know what to say about it because it was just. <laughs> So in my mind, like I feel like I'm just trying to scrub it out of my mind. Just as like the process of it all was so so nuts, but I did end up loving the end result, uh, partially for the most part. Um, but yeah, no, I just I just like I just want to throw out the good names. Uh, Dustin Stratton was my uh, AD. He was a really good. He was really a great help on the set. Sorry, Michelle. Uh, sorry, Chellis. I mean, sorry, Michelle, uh, Gale, I helped you on your shoot. Oh my Gale, god. Uh, she was really helpful. Um, Katie you shot Palmer. Your uh, Chris Moretti. Ah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I like, I like every everyone on set was great. Um, it's just me. I just didn't have all my shit together during production, just because in my mind I, I still just didn't know what I wanted. Because uh, a lot of it in my background, I like uh, my background's animation, and I originally envisioned this to be animated, and so I, I had a lot more two uh, D animated scenes going on envisioned in my mind that just couldn't play out. Uh, for the green screen work that I wanted to do, <laughs> so I just start, I just started flipping out, and eh, it is what it is. Uh, I'll reluctantly upload it, <laughs> like eventually. Yeah. 
Um, mine, for the most part, the biggest struggle that I had, like with production, was we were getting down to the wire when I wanted to shoot, and up until that point, I had planned on shooting in a coffee shop, and I found what I still think was my perfect location. Oh, it, was. it was this coffee shop that was downtown in the Pearl District. And mm. it had just this incredible look. It had these hanging like light bulbs that were like exposed, like old style, like you know, uh Edison bulbs. Edison bulbs. And they're just hanging from the ceiling. Like everything about the whole coffee shop was great. And I went in there one time and I was talking to them. They're like, Oh yeah, you can totally shoot here. And I was like, Oh, sweet. I was like, uh, what times can we come in? They're like, Oh, uh, we close at nine and then we have to be out by eleven. So you can shoot from nine to eleven. And I was like, What? <laughs> I was like, I need to shoot. Like, I need to be here for like several hours. Oh no, we can't do that. And I was like, Oh no. And so we had checked a bunch of different coffee shops. It was all still kind of the same thing. Yeah. And then I don't even know what how it became a thing, but we went to man, where did we go? What was the place? The Willamette School, Willamette University, Willamette University, and we checked out their library, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. Just the way it was set up was perfect. And we asked them, and they're like, oh, yeah, uh, all you really need to do is pay for the person who would have to be security there on our day off. And I was like, what? That's awesome. Like, And so we ended up shooting there, and uh, me and my uh, producer slash second AD, Shannon, did a really awesome job with our planning as far as like shot list and stuff. Rowan was my assistant director, and then John was actually my sound on there. Hey. Um, I had Paige Stevenson as well as my uh, DP. Um, And we really, like, everything was categorized. I knew what was close-ups. I had a whole, like, big Excel spreadsheet, and I was able to give that to Rowan. He was able to look at that. And we were able to really go. Like, as far as production, mine was super smooth. Super smooth. It was two two long days, but that was all it was. And we got a ton of footage out of it. Um, We really only had one snafu, which was this one long tracking shot that, ironically, was never even in the movie. Um... (laughs) But everything was, like, super smooth the whole time. We had extras show up and, like, leave at random points, which was kind of weird. But the extras we did have were incredible. The best part about them is their faces. Yeah. They were, like, the most, like, real people I've ever seen as extras in a student film. <laughs> like, Because yeah. you, uh, you get, honestly, a lot of, like, younger people who want to, like, be in movies and, like, extras and stuff. But we had, like, such a weird age range. Yeah. And, like, they just looked like real people. They didn't look like people who wanted to be actors. Like, there was one guy who his – the whole reason he was there because it was his on his bucket list. Yeah. He wanted to oh, be in the movie. Yeah, yeah, the guy with the atlas. Yeah. <laughs> like Mr. Mr. Turtle. Yeah, Mr. Turtle. Like uh it, there was great stuff. Uh I had Kyle, who was our teacher, was one of our main actors, and then Christine Marks was our other one. Um then we just pulled some of the crew from around there, but it was awesome. Um but yeah, there was like a ton of fun stuff, and it just went it went really smooth, and I was yeah. really happy about that because I had really spent a lot of time with that. One of the coolest things I was able to do, too, because I had kind of my ducks in a row as far as all the other production stuff, was I was able to go with my two main actors to the public library downtown and actually have them act out the script. Oh, dope. Because I wanted to see what other people would react like so I could kind of like write that in and also see how they acted because then it just gave them a really good reference Mm -hmm. for what it would be like. Um, so that was super fun. We spent an afternoon doing that and it was like super awkward. (laughs) I think it sells though. I think that's one of the great things about how your film came out is just their two, their performances together is so great. Yeah. 
Like you, you wanted to make a nice slice of life film, and you, you like you did yeah. it. Like you did yeah, exactly that. Uh, and that that was kind of production for mine. Let's move on to post production. Cool. One. So post production, um, man, what an interesting experience post production was. Um, so my editor was Allison Gent- Gently, um, who Gentry, 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 yeah, Gentry. Yeah. That's right. Um, man, I wonder if she's still doing editing right now. I think she is. I think she works for Comcast. Oh, nice. Oh, oh. Um, which was a super fun experience to work with because before this point, for the most part, I had done almost all of my own editing, and I knew that I would not been. I could not have edited this film without like I needed someone else to do like be the person to tell me the hard cuts, like yeah. saying no, we have to cut it this away, we have to get rid of this, and. When we first sat down to talk about it, we talked about the theme and the mood of the film, and then I basically told her, uh, I handed her my storyboards, and I said, this is how I imagined it cut. And then I said, but I want you to cut it just by the footage, like how you want it. And I said, and you can be as weird as you want. And the first edit was one of the most abstract films it could have been. It was maybe the creepiest cut. Actually, because it was just so disjointed, and and I, I say that being long, it was too. very long. It just took time, and it but it was like time and space were really like compressed in weird and interesting ways, and it was definitely not where we ended up. But that edit, I think, helped inspire us on the mood that we wanted for the rest of the movie. It was a really interesting like we made this edit that not one bit of it made it to the final film, right? It was just sort of a proof of concept almost mood piece for us. Yeah. And then from there we went and we edited it down and down. And, um, I remember that we had to rework some of the scenes in the edit. Uh, like I remember Courtney thought that we should re reorder some of the sequences, especially after Frederick returned. And, uh, you know, I thought that for a while. Courtney for reference was our teacher during our final term who was helping us edit our projects. Yeah. And, um, you know, her opinions eventually are what you see in the film and I think they're better it's better for it um I think that I, I remember um one thing that took a really long time on this film is that the only part of the editing process that I did was color grading and I literally spent days you spent a lot of time and it it mm-hmm. honestly really shows like I remember shooting some of these scenes and then looking at them afterwards and being like, oh, yeah, that was during the day, wasn't it? Whoa. Like, there's just so much day for night stuff. That, like, Yeah, because, yeah. All I remember what all this, like, what the source footage looked like. Right. Yeah, like, in me not being part of the actual production, like, I was, like, wa- you know, watching the rough cuts. It's like, like, how the fuck are you going to do these day shots as night shots? What the yeah. fuck is he thinking? <laughs> that was my question, too. And I, uh, <laughs> I spent so long on this one color, like, I think it was uh, Final Cut's color program yeah it was just called color and it's not used anymore which i wish it was because i'd be so good at it i know it so well like i literally went frame for frame (laughs) painted every frame in that that program like i I can still pull up my hard drive and see like files upon files of color files for this this project and you know looking back at it now there's definitely some changes that i would do but i was pretty happy with the final results and i think that you know as a film, there's a lot of I have critiques now being yeah, of many years away from my thesis film, some story elements and such. But for what I got out of this movie, I'm very proud of it. Um, 
I think that it hit a lot of points. You know, if I went back, I'd probably make a better version now for sure. But like, I also remember in post-production, the wall. Like, post-production felt like it went on forever. Oh. <laughs> we spent yeah. week after week after week giving notes and edits for everybody. And then I remember just like, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk. Giving it to me two weeks. Yeah. Like, hey, you need to do this. Oh, no. Yeah. So Robert was my sound designer. And I gave, I like, gave him the final edit, you know, two weeks before. And yeah. while he was sound design i was furiously coloring it yeah while while i was sound design sound designing this another film and my own which mine wasn't that hard but like i was working on all those at the same time but i remember this rowan gave giving me similar uh instruction that he gave to allison as far as like just make it weird and i was like all right and so like (laughs) there's a ton of like and he gave me all these um weird sound effects that uh grant love was my uh, composer but basically my composer was uh, he just like didgeridoo and other like creepy instruments and weird conjunctions with each other and then ron just gave me all these this like whole file of all these weird sounds and then like i was like oh okay and then just started to kind of like try to make it as weird as possible and really make it kind of as atmospheric as possible. Um, I had a lot of fun opportunities on this one too. Cause at the very beginning there's like a monster sound and it was the combination of like a hippo. Um, I think like a, like badger or something like a bunch of different animals all together to make this like weird growling noise. Um, and then there's a animal skinning scene that was super fun. Cause I just got to sit in our studio and I just had a bunch of vegetables that I was just like recording, just like <laughs> squishes, cutting it with like a knife and all these different things. And really like the, like <laughs> how graphic that scene becomes because when you hear the source sound, it's just like this weird, like rip sound. But then when you add, I added all these like weird squishes and like blood curdle sounds like, <laughs> Uh, yeah it was super fun i had a ton of fun doing all the sound on your project yeah and i mean it, it still sounds like there's so many like the mo- moment when the, the rabbit pelt is pulled off of it and yeah. you just hear the blood slosh onto the ground you're just like uh, uh. um <laughs> yeah i think that i remember also we all got to the final part of our our senior projects and just like all of us staying up to like 4 a.m on watching f- holy musical batman watching holy oh, yeah. musical batman and <laughs> editing away and away and away and just yeah i remember there was one day where i don't remember why but john like i was working on the project at school and john was like hey come over and you can keep working on it while we're here like we'll go to my place and we'll work on it and i was like oh, okay and i don't even remember what happened was it you were working on something and i couldn't even work on it but i stayed up all night or it was i was working and you went to sleep there was some point where I had stayed up all night and then like, it was like seven in the morning and I was like, Oh, the school opens up soon. I guess I'll just go down there. And like, then just went to school without <laughs> having slept and just like, you know, it was there and it was like 10 or something and Rowan had showed up and I was like working on a swim. He's like, how you doing? I'm like, you know, <laughs> like I was like, I work for a little bit longer and I was like, you going to be in here for a while. He's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to leave my stuff. I'm going to go take a nap in my car and like <laughs> took like a two hour nap, came back up and just like kept going at it. That's funny. Gosh, that's so true, man. We we did some crazy stuff in this post production process. Yeah, just like the hours was nuts. When I was working on one of our other friends' films, Adam, and in his, I had to create like a robot sound and like 
figure out how to create that from the ground up and not really use any reference. And I came up with something I thought was super fun, but it was just like these weird, like completely polar opposite things. Or mine was like a lot of like mixing music with just like regular, like, you know, sound effects. And I have Rowan's where I'm like skinning animals and creating monsters. And then I have this other one where I have to create a robot and how it moves and stuff and all these weird, like, and I was just like, my brain <laughs> was oh, just all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On top of like all the other things I had to do for like our graduating, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yours is fun. Yeah, Pell turned out really well. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Guncat. Uh, I'm going to put a little bit of blame on myself. <laughs> oh, just a little well, bit. All right. Well, because I, I was going to edit it because I was also doing the, some visual effects and stuff for it. Uh, originally, I had someone was supposed to help me with like uh, some visual effects and sound design, but he had to drop because he was also in our class and had to do his own stuff. Uh, that it, it, it was fine. Yeah, it's it's yeah. fine. Like It's like I understood. And so like I was like, I was like kind of just stressing out on just doing all like the sound design, visual effects, and editing at all at the same time. Um, I did have fun doing ADR, uh, which was the the voice recording for the puppets. Uh, for the longest time in my edit, I just had my voice, which was hilarious. <laughs> Me and Rowan just got to hear John play all of the different like characters, with the exception of the like live action character. Yeah. <laughs> just John doing different voices for different characters is like a and doing scratch the so- track. and the sound effects. Yeah, too. yeah, doing the sound effects was also that, great. It's a that's a great example of like having a scratch track and how that affects your me- like how you perceive a film if it's there too long. Because man, we we were like. I was sold that that was the movie. Totally. Yeah. Um, it was hard because like, oh, like I, so my, the vo- who first, uh, the person who voiced the rat is my good friend, Adam Thompson, really great actor. And he did like, he's exactly what I wanted for this deadpan, really obnoxious, like uh, <laughs> rat that just really puts the main character down all the time. Um, and I actually had Grant Law uh, in my mind to be the voice of Terry the cat. Uh, and he did a great job too, which is a shame because I recorded a lot of like extra stuff because I wanted to do, uh, do skits mm. uh, with the puppets, but because of uh, me having to do all, all this pr- uh, post production by myself, I was like, I just didn't have the time, which is I'm still a little bummed out about. Uh, oh yeah, you did the color correction on my yeah. on my last pass through the film. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> just like I'm, I, I just put this it is the, the first movie. time I've seen it in forever. <laughs> I I. Uh, I, there's still a lot of work that I personally want to put into it. I probably should just put it up anyway. Um, just bite the bullet. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Um, it's, it's just crazy because like I was like, look, <laughs> it's 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 rough but funny rough. Oh, like, look at great. my film. Right it's now. one of those like classic when you think of like classic kind of like YouTube like roughness. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so great. Like there's so much stuff that. <laughs> It's so fun. And just hearing John's voice is always so funny the whole time. And then, like, it was kind of like for both me and Rowan, like, when we heard the final one where it was uh, Grant and then Adam, it was like, man, we kind of liked that one. But, you know, obviously it it was better for all those actors are a little bit better than John is. But, (laughs) Um, but yeah, post-production-wise, a lot smoother. Uh, I definitely, like, procrastinated in, like, how much time I thought I actually had, but I, I, I don't stress out too much about that stuff. Um, I think actually that was a, a big point of conflict in uh, the classes that you weren't stressing out about it enough. <laughs> and I think Courtney was like, John, you need to bring this in. I, I mean, I got Holy Musical Batman to show you guys Dragon Ball Z a bridge Ball Z to Bridge to catch yeah. up on. Uh, I don't know. End, end result was fine. 
I like I definitely the last half of my film was definitely exactly where I wanted to be. Yeah, remember you struggled a lot with like the mid and beginning or like the kind of like the midpoint, I guess, as far as like there were stuff you had wanted that you well, didn't yeah, get. Or... Yeah, there because like, yeah, there was a whole chunk in the middle that I just couldn't shoot that I needed in mm. my mind that I needed. Uh and because I didn't have a a different editor to look at it, it was just like, ah, this is all it's all on me because it's all my vision instead of someone else yeah. getting their mm-hmm. set of eyes on it. Um but it was fine. I it was a good learning experience and yeah, uh, you guys will probably see it eventually. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, to, I do think there are some golden moments in this oh, film. Like, so. there is a few rough moments at the beginning, especially, oh, yeah. but I think that, like... It, like, builds. It builds, and there's... I think there's, like, this really, like... There's a few shots in this movie exactly where, like, are, like, pitch perfect for what your vision was for this film. <laughs> And they're delightful. Yeah. And I just... <laughs> to, to, give, to give a little perspective, we are actually just watching this long watching push this. <laughs> of the rat as he's talking. Just this really slow, long push in. And it's just hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I think the, the best story I have from this was when we were doing the screening. Mm. We all watched it. And John's was like later in mm-hmm. it. And... I was kind of like in the middle center and John was like in the back left and I don't know where Rowan was at, but I remember at any like part that was like funny, just hearing John in the background, just maniacally laughing at his own movie. And that being for me, <laughs> the best part of the whole thing was like, John loved his movie. Oh, yeah. And that was like the best. <laughs> like I was cracking up at him cracking up at his own thing and just him being the only one who really was laughing the loudest in the whole theater and just cracking up because of that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember for a long time, I watched the last half of my film on loop. Because it just is exactly the way I wanted it to be, and just like the the zany, like it's like it's just, like I don't want to do something if it doesn't jive with me. Yeah, totally. right. And like then like the ending of this completely jived me. Now like that's what like that's the saving grace of this project for me. So good. <laughs> I think you know like yeah yeah. <laughs> How about you? Uh, post production for me was pretty. I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted my movie to be. Um, I as well had Allison Gentry actually edit my film because I wanted to be able to kind of step away from it and see someone else edit it. Um, It's interesting because there was a completely different ending Mm -hmm. than what is in the movie now. Um, There was an ending where, um, what did I even name the characters? I can't even remember. (laughs) <laughs> uh the 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 two lead characters they there's this long shot that i was talking about earlier that it's a tracking shot of following their hands as they're holding hands walking out of the library and they start to walk in different directions and tug on each other and my always ending was they tug they look at each other for a while and realize that this was just this moment and it wasn't going to go anywhere further um, or it w- and as more meta level, it was kind of like this is the first like big fight or big like issue in their relationship, and neither of them were able to get past it. And then they were gonna separate hands and walk different directions. I also shot an ending where they hold hands, they tug, they, and then go off screen together. And I I shot that as just like an extra like safety shot, just to have you know options if I wanted to. Um, and I remember that being a big point of contention with me and Courtney, our um, instructor, where for me, I wanted them to separate and be gone. 
And that was like my whole thing. Like I didn't want them to end up together. I didn't want it to be a like typical kind of, you know, end of a romantic story. And that was like, (laughs) that was a, I am not backing down from this stance yeah. the whole time. That, that was, was a long, drawn out battle. Yeah, because yeah. mine mine came together pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was near its end point as far as like editing pretty pretty soon. Um, there was just like a lot of like minor tweaks, but that was always the like Courtney being like, "No, this needs to be different," and me being like, "No, this is how I want it to be." And it was funny because eventually uh, Allison, my editor, came up with a completely better ending, which is the ending where it is now, where it just ends at the point of them taking the step of like having a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a great ending. Um, I thought I had a ton of fun with that. As far as like the other stuff, color grading, uh, my DP did it. He made it, you know, very indie looking neutral. Uh, we had an issue with the Murray effect on Kyle's shirt uh, mm-hmm. sweater, mm-hmm. which was kind of a bummer that that was kind of an issue. Um, I also, Originally had done some weird, like, uh, I had to crop out an Apple symbol, which then I just gave up on. Um, the music was really awesome. Uh, Thomas Hamada was the one who did my music, who was a friend of my producer, Shannon's. Um, the music is honestly, like, in my mind, what sells everything. Mm-hmm. Like, the tone of it is just perfect with it. Um, I was just really happy with the footage we had. We really had like a lot of options with every scene. Like we shot basically, you know, it only probably if you acted it out really quickly was like a couple minutes. So we were able to shoot it basically the whole thing all the way through multiple times. Yeah, almost every take. Um, which was super fun. And that was really awesome to be able to have all that reference for it. Um, but yeah, I remember not being able to really spend a ton of time on my audio, which was fine because it didn't need anything because I was working on Rowan and Adams. But the music, which I'm glad that I had someone do just, oh man, it just brings everything together. Oh, it's so good. I think it's one of the prime examples of all of our films in that that year of like how you can use music in, in storytelling. Because yeah. that just, it just. It yeah, we didn't just use together. random tracks or anything. Like we had music we had made for this, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, that battle with Courtney went on for a long yeah, was, time. I was really stubborn, but I think the ending now is—I love the ending. It's great. I think it's yeah, great. Think I'm really, really happy with how it all turned out. Um, yeah, I really do love to just every once in a while just watch it because it just makes me happy. Like yeah. it just came out the way I wanted it to, and like there was one goofy scene where they have this whole chair like roulette kind of thing, but I think it comes across as much as it like shouldn't have based on the coverage we had. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to force a lot of people in cause we had some extras just leave in the middle of the day, which was hilarious. And there's some great shots in there. I, I don't know. I just, I had a ton of fun with it and I'm really happy with how it turned out. Yeah. It's, you know, like looking back at this, uh, this process yeah. that we went through, like, I think for me, it cemented how much it's nice to have a, as a creative to have creatives around you yeah mm-hmm. right yeah that was the, the biggest thing i missed was just like what you're talking about earlier with like when we were working on our scripts when we were working on our like edits like every week like bringing it in and having people like talk with it like each of us with the exception of john some weeks always wanted to have our projects ready so that we could show it mm-hmm. to have it critiqued because <laughs> john was just not as worried as he probably should have <laughs> but john was still bringing it in and it was just like even if like you know he didn't have his project and we would all get to 
um, evaluate each other's projects, and it was like a constant weekly thing. So that was super fun. I missed that a bunch. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, just thinking about that, especially having so many people working on each other's projects, but also not being in charge of those projects yeah. made for a really interesting balance of just, I don't know, just that creative process was really great. And I was like one, one of the biggest highlights of going to film school for me, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I could, I could go on a rant about how I feel about film school and yeah. debts and all that stuff. But yeah. I think walking away that yeah. having that creative team on so many different areas is great. Yeah. But yeah, so that was kind of our uh, projects. We're going to be posting these up on the Facebook page. So if you guys uh, want to watch them either before or after, we'll also let people know that we're doing this before. Um, we just kind of want to talk about it and kind of give you guys an insight on at least how we kind of came up with our films or at least how our creative process works in a small amount. Um, but yeah, as always, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Show. Uh, if you could go there, we honestly really do appreciate it. Um, we will be back next week on Thursday for another JRR talk show. Um, we will also be having a JRR news on uh, every Monday. Um, so if you can go check those out, we enjoy it. All right, guys. Thanks, folks. See you later, guys. <laughs>